We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Kevin, you see the new layout for Canal Street Chronicles? It's kind of mm, bulky, kind of, I'm kind of confused by it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's like too much white space maybe, and like the font on some of the, on some of the print is a little hard to read. It's a little too light. I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Where are the tits? Where's you have folks know that I can hear you, right? Oh, damn it! Hey! Oh, damn, it's a great sight, man. Everybody's got to go. Yeah, there you go. Much better. And welcome to Canal Street Chronicles. I'm your host, Ralph Malmbro. As always, I'm joined by Kevin Hell from the King's Off the Ball, our fearless leader, Dave Cariello from the newly redesigned Canal Street Chronicles. And we're here to get you through the disaster that is the 2012 season um dave i'm gonna start with um just a thought that i had as i was driving into work today and i just listening to the espn or whatever and i just got so pissed off i was like i'm glad that green bay got screwed over by the replacement refs good for them they can feel our pain and, like, the anger came back, and I just – I want everyone in the NFL to fucking suffer. Because the Saints are losing. Nice. And the Saints are losing, but I've never felt this before. I mean, the Saints have had shitty years before. I mean, Kevin can attest to that as being a lifelong New Orleans resident. Kevin, we've dealt with shitty Saints seasons before. But I've never had this anger towards the whole other NFL wanting them to – feel the shittiness that I feel. So, Dave, how much of that do you think is uh fair to feel and how much of it is it, it how much of it is is fair to feel? I'll start with I'll start there. Um no, I mean, as a Saints fan, I mean, I think it's legitimate to be pissed off at the world. Um you know, it's I'll, I'll tell you this: to have to have the Saints go zero and three, I mean, it kind of takes the fun out of being an NFL fan. I mean, you know, after the games, when I come home from the games, if I go, or if I'm just sitting at home and I watch the game on TV, um, you know, in the sense when the Saints win, I feel good. I like to watch highlights from all the other games, and I'll watch yeah. the ESPN Sports Center on a loop and NFL Network. I mean, I never get sick of it. But when they lose, when the Saints lose. Um, I really just want nothing to do with anybody or any of the teams or any 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 television coverage or anything like that. So um, it it has taken my enjoyment out of 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 the rest of the league and, and being a fan of just the NFL in general. So I mean, I think it's totally legitimate. Now, uh, I mean, have the Saints you know done this to themselves? Absolutely. Uh, do they have any excuses? Um, I don't think so. So. 
Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, just in general, as a Saints fan, it's just this this season obviously has not been as enjoyable, and obviously because they're zero and three, um, but also just because um, you know the sun sh- seems to shine a little bit brighter when the Saints win, and um, you know everything seems to be just a little bit more positive. Well, Kevin, I mean, Dave just said, you know, the Saints kind of did it to themselves. And I guess I agree with that to a certain extent is that, yeah, they did the bounties and they should have got punished. But part of me thinks that, you know, Goodell turned a speeding ticket in a school zone into a year of house arrest and no cable TV and said he was doing it for the children uh, to, I guess, make people think he cared. Um, How much of it? is the hatred of just Goodell. Wait a minute. How much how much of what is the hatred of Goodell? How much of the, the yeah, how much of the, the, the pissed offness of Saints fans at the O and three start, how much of it do you think is directed at the team? And how much of it do you think is directed at Goodell? I still think most of it is directed at Goodell. I think at least sixty you know, 60% is, is Goodell because, you know, as, as you've said before, you still get people emailing you about, oh, you know, you're, you're not on board with the bandwagon. I mean, shit, Wang posted a column today, uh, you know, and even he had to take it, even he took a, uh, sort of defensive stance for, uh, that, that people would, you know, say something about him like even he was taking preemptive stances yeah. on things to sort of ward off potential uh jackasses from coming after him so if he's having to do that then there's got to be some sort of uh a high percentage of the intelligentsia that refuses to uh pin this thing on the saints so i think it's still got to be a large amount of Goodell. in fact i would go further in your metaphor with the with the speeding ticket in the school zone uh, so as opposed to instead of like putting up signs that you are in a school zone <laughs> and, 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 you know, putting up a fence around the playground, uh, Goodell just kind of does nothing. And then instead of, instead of having the school teachers, instead of actually paying the school teachers, uh, properly to monitor the children when they're out and about playing, he, cuts them and lets them loose and then just says, oh, we'll just let the parents in the neighborhood, you know, we'll, we'll let the single folks that don't even have kids to begin with, we'll let them watch the kids and be responsible for them. And I'm sure that'll work out fine. That's a pretty good analogy. Uh, Dave, um, you know, we, we kind of joked about Cromer, how he has this sort of deer in the headlights look and he, he's not as demonstrative as maybe we want him to be and all this. And I thought about this today, and, and I figured out why the why he looks so almost catatonic during the games, and that's because he's seeing his head coaching dreams go up in smoke. Because when he finishes this six game stint as the Saints coach, best case scenario two and four, um, he's not getting a head coaching job ever. Because what team is going to be able to hire him as say, hey? Cleveland Brown fans, we just hired the guy who was the interim interim coach of the Saints when they went from 13 and three to a dumpster fire. Let's get fired up. Buy tickets. Um, 
So it's almost like he got named the captain of the Titanic after it hit the iceberg, but all people see on his resume is captain of the Titanic. So <laughs> could that be a reason why Aaron Cromer looks so fucking despondent on the sideline? I think Aaron Cromer looks despondent on the sideline because, um, partially because that's just his natural look. <laughs> um, and I mean, partially because, you know, it, it might be sort of a realization that, you know, maybe this is a little bit harder than he thought. You know, maybe being a head coach uh, isn't as easy as, as Sean Payton and some of the other guys yeah. uh, make it look. And, um, again, like I said, I, I didn't think it was a big deal to start the season, and now I think it's a huge deal. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I think I certainly have a lot more respect for head coaches in general and Sean Payton in particular uh, after this whole debacle. (laughs) Is it safe to say it's a is it safe to say it's a complete debacle? Oh, yeah. I, think, I think debacle is the appropriate word here. Uh, Kevin, I know the regular refs are back. Uh, after um, I didn't think it was a debacle Monday night. I thought it was glorious and wonderful. And the fact that it happened to Roger Goodell, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy um, on Monday night. Um, you can give me your thoughts about the regular referee coming back and the whole replacement referee shitstorm if you want. But I also have a question in regarding the Saints, could the regular referees being back help the Saints receivers get open because they won't be mugged every play? I don't know. I don't know about helping the Saints receivers, but uh, I'm I'm watching a, a clip of video online of the referee, you know, from the NFL Network of the referees walking walking in the back of the stadium. Uh, what what fucking stadium is this? M and T Bank. I'm guessing that's fucking Baltimore. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. they need to rename. They need to fucking rename these stadiums and make them make fucking sense to, to the town. I don't know what the fuck M and T Bank is. Um, they show them walking. The they show walking off, in the so. back. Yeah. They show walking in the back, and the crowd goes apeshit. Like, like it's like it's Monday Night Raw, and Jim Ross is going, <laughs> "Oh, business is about to pick up." It, it, I mean, it's great. This, this is it. This is perfect. This is what I wanted. 
I wanted fucking chaos, and you know what? It's not that I'm fucking you got happy it. that you that, got you know, it. it, it Look, it's not that I'm happy you are. that fucking Green Bay... You know, I'm not happy that Green Bay necessarily got stuck because then that means that the fucking Seahawks goofballs got to go out and think... You know, got to go out and fucking defend themselves and act like they really won that game. Like, I got to fucking listen to Golden Tate deny any sort of uh, blatant offensive pass interference and all that kind of bullshit. And there's still some idiots out there who insist that, that Seattle really did fucking deserve to win that game and whatever. But... You know, I wanted the chaos. I got the chaos. Goodell looked like a big fucking idiot. And then, best of all, Goodell actually fucking apologized. He had a news conference today and apologized for, for you know, fucking dragging this thing on. And now, of course, comes the shithead apologist for him, Florio uh. leading the way, saying, let's give the guy a raise because he navigated us through this and the player bullshit last season and people saying, well, you know, it's not really Goodell's fault. He's really at the beck and call of the owners and all that stuff. Except when he's dropping bounty shit on the Saints. That's a big crock of shit. Because Goodell has been ruling with the ginger fucking hammer his whole damn tenure, and the owners haven't done shit about it. Fuck, the commissioner of baseball... It answers to the owners, and still, uh, Birdface, who runs that fucking league, gets to do whatever he wants. Well, Kevin, my, so my, my, fucking Goodell gets to do whatever he wants, and and now all of a sudden it's cover for oh well the owners you know the owners blah 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 no 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 the owners are still shitheads the owners are the sh- are, are are the are still the rich uh, asshole shitheads. Goodell's the guy who just fucking speaks for him. And so he's the guy put up in front and running the show. Why so do they pay him $10 million dollars fucking, then? He gets the heavy blame. Why did oh, he? Oh, yeah. Pay? The fucker gets, he gets $10 million fucking dollars. Yeah, he gets $10 million to do nothing, right? I'll do, I'll do it for a tenth of his salary. If they just want a mouthpiece, God damn. But, Kevin, my, my mom called me up in a rage today when she heard Goodell apologize to the fans. She says she wants an apology from Goodell and a refund on her tickets for ruining the Saints season single-handedly. And she said that the tickets that she bought, the product that she was expected was totally ruined because they don't have the head coach that they're supposed to have. And I kind of agreed with her because she's kind of like the 1900, the 1900 bucks she spent on tickets, not what, you know, she thought she was getting when she was making those payments in March. Um, so, Dave, do you feel like, as a season ticket holder, that you deserve an apology from the Ginger Hammer? No. No? Unfortunately, I don't. And I, I hate to say it, Ralph, but I disagree with your mother. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that's like that's like being in jail um, for doing something wrong and then saying, well, I, I don't really think I should be here. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you complain to Roger Goodell about this, I think Roger Goodell would say, well, Tough shit. I mean, the Saints were in the wrong. They had a bounty system. They, you know, paid to injure players. Um, whether that's true or not is, is obviously up for debate, but that's what he thinks. And so he's going to tell you, hey, uh, the Saints did wrong. This is the punishment. And they've got to take their punishment and, and like it, take their licks and, and, and like it. And, um, and he'd say, uh, you know, I'm sorry that you're a fan of a team that did this, but you have only your team to blame. Um, and uh, if 
you know, assuming the Saints did at least a little something wrong or, or even a lot wrong, uh, then, then he's got a point. So, and your, and your mother is just absolutely incorrect. Dave, your rational beliefs and facts <laughs> do, not, do not jive. Do not jive with my anger right now, Wigadell. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, being, I'm so... being, the son, being, being in a, an entire family of lawyers uh, you know, can really be a downer sometimes. It's a, it's just, I'm just, you know, they just, he ruined the fucking Saints season and, and fuck them. Because, they're, but, my next point, um, and, and Kevin, I'm going to ask you this, because I think this is a, this is an interesting question, um, is, if I give you, I have a, a prize behind door number one, or a prize behind door number two, um, or maybe, well, if I told you, look, Kevin, the Saints can go 8-8 eight and eight in 2012, they get no playoffs, no nothing, and, you know, by the middle of December, they're not going anywhere. Just just a run-of-the-mill, average, eight, worthless 8-8 eight and eight year. Or, behind door number two, the Saints go 4-12, and 12, they, or 3-13, and 13, and they pick number two in the draft, and Goodell, out of the goodness of his heart, gives them back the second-round pick, and takes away a fourth-round pick. What is better for the long-term future of the Saints? Wait a minute. Hang on a second. You're counting on fucking Roger Goodell to do it's something my, out of the it's goodness my of his theory. fucking it's, heart? It's my theory and my hypothetical situation, so I make up okay, the rules. Okay, so it's your hypothetical. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this about the 8 mate. Yeah. Are we in any way screwing the Atlanta Falcons out of getting into the postseason, or are we preventing them from getting a number one or a number two seed? Oh, that's a good you know, question. Like, I didn't think of that. Okay, you get to screw Atlanta out of a bye at home, and you get to screw Dallas or Philadelphia out of a playoff spot. With the eight and eight. Yeah, with the eight and eight. Uh, but no okay. Play, but, but no playoffs for the Saints and no playoff contention. Right. 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 Um, I have another uh, uh, qualifier. Huh? With the with the uh, number two pick in the draft, are we take? Are we using the pick or are we trading it? We are either trading it for a shitload of picks or we're getting a stud defensive player. That is an absolute home run. Oh, God. I tell you what, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the shitty season. With the ex- exceptionally shitty season with the because my theory being it doesn't matter where the fuck Atlanta finishes because they're still gonna fuck up in the postseason. <laughs> I like that. And Dallas still has Tony fucking Romo, and you know he still hasn't uh, climbed climbed the hill yet. So uh, I will take the the three and thirteen or the four and twelve uh, finish. Dave, what about you? You're a season ticket holder, so you have to actually go to the games. Okay, so wait, what's what is this? My prediction? No, it's what would you rather? If I told you the Saints can go, oh, no. the Saints can go four and twelve, and they can have the number two pick in the draft, and the Ginger Hammer right. will show mercy, and they'll have the number two pick in the second round, or they can go eight and eight, 
this year. No playoffs, but they get to maybe screw over Atlanta and maybe screw over Dallas. Your season two, nah, what would you rather have? I don't. I don't. I mean, if they're if they're not going to make the playoffs, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a all or nothing kind of guy. So yeah. I mean, if they're not going to make the playoffs, then you know, two and 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 fourteen is is the same as eight and eight. Uh, the only difference being that you get a better draft pick at two and fourteen. So uh, I would definitely go with with the the first scenario. I would I would definitely go with the shittier record and the higher draft pick. Um, I, I I'm not one of those people that I I don't have so much hate for the Falcons or the Cowboys or any other team uh, that I would get joy out of that. Um, I would rather see my team improve, hopefully, um, with a high draft pick. The, the problem the problem we have here is, um, <laughs> you know, are the Saints going to actually draft a guy that's going to be worth a damn with that pick? Well, um, they haven't picked the stud defensive there yet. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that would be the issue. Well, they're due eventually, right? They haven't had a stud defensive player in over a decade. That's that, that's like that's like that's like saying, okay, I'm going to flip this quarter ten times, and, and the nine, the first nine times it comes with tails, and then you say, well, this next one's got to be heads because they're due. It doesn't work like that. You've got an, an even an even chance of drafting a, a, a dud or a stud um, at any draft position at any time, at any year. That is true. Um, I don't know what I, I think. I think I, I would I would take the four and twelve just because I think I think with Sean Payton back. Hey, why four, why four and twelve? Let, let, you know, let's well, go for one, one and fifteen. Let's let's well, you know, let's, let's let's shoot for the stars here. Well, I just I don't think I mean, good God, do you think if the the Dave, do you think if the absolute if we're going to be good at something, we might as well be good yeah, at losing. But do you think if the bottom falls out of the Saints and Drew Brees starts sixteen games, do you really what think? Do you mean, yeah. The bottom's already fallen out. Now it's just a question of whether they can recover. Well, do you? Well, if Drew Brees starts every game, how many wins do you think they're going to have? Mm, this year, realistically, if the bottom completely falls out, do you think they'll still? Do you think they'll? There? Do you think two wins? Four. I think you're right. Probably, probably four. Yeah, I just, Kevin. I mean, I don't. I mean, if, if Drew Brees is playing every week, I just don't see him winning less than three or four. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think that if and again, the problem is is that their last game of the season is a home game against Carolina, who is beatable. The yeah. problem is at the end of the season, and if we're depending on the Saints to win that, when they could be in contention for you know a high draft pick, I, I wouldn't count on it. But I could count on that. You know, I'd like to think that they got that they could beat. The Falcons at home. Uh, I'd like to think that you know that they would have the, a shot. They're the Chargers next week. I'm sure of that. Whether they get hammered you know, this week or not, I mean they're they're beating. They're they're going to hammer Norville on Sunday night. I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah, I think it is. And and uh, and the Eagles game is a uh, prime time game, so at. At uh, New Orleans, so they could throw like four And and you know, there's there's always a chance they could still beat the Giants. I mean, you know, they've beaten the Giants. But we've owned the Giants the last few years, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible. 
Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's, let's have, you know, this podcast has been kind of depressing, so we're going to do one of my favorite segments. We're going to do Game Time right now, where Kevin and, and Dave are both going to play. And um, this week's game theme is, what would, be more, what would be more painful to watch? So, Kevin, uh, are you ready for the first question? Sure. What will be more painful? Cedric Benson's 20 carries against the Saints defense Sunday or watching two girls, one cup on a loop for three hours? Do I have a barf bag nearby? No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) Okay. And it's just, I mean, he's only getting 20 carries, and I don't know what those 20 carries are. Yeah, he's you're, he's getting twenty, and you don't know. When. And I don't know what capable of doing. No. But you know the Saints' defense is god fucking awful. Right. So. Right. <laughs> um. I, oh man, this is tough. I'm actually. I tell you what. I'm going to lean Cedric Benson because I've already seen the two girls one cup video a long time ago. But it's on a loop for three hours, and you can't change the channel, and you can't get up. You know, and, and well, but here's my here's my theory. Yeah, is I'm looking at it as sort of a sh- in, in sort of a showgirls vibe, where with showgirls, I saw so many boobs in the first like 15 minutes that by the end of the movie, I was roughly desensitized to boobs. So I'd like to think that after the initial gag reflex wears off that I might be able to look at it and try and pay attention to things going on in the background and maybe try and, you know, you know, trick myself into... Get to your happy place? Right. No. Okay. All right. So, Dave, are you ready for your question? Yes, I am, Alex. All right. What would would be more painful... Getting a tattoo on the roof of your foot, or having to watch Aaron Rodgers have so much time to throw on Sunday, he films another terrible commercial before completing 25-yard strike after 25-yard <laughs> strike. You mean he's able to do his discount double check while yeah. he's in the pocket? Yeah, multiple times, uh, and then hit Jennings for a 25-yard touchdown. To be honest with you, I've never gotten a tattoo. I, I know that you picked the top of the foot because I've I've heard that that's you know not the best place to get one. But um, I think probably probably Aaron Rodgers having time all day um, would probably be more painful. I think I could I think I could stand getting a tattoo. I think I could take it. What tattoo would you get? Um, it was <laughs> it was shit. Totally. Um, no, it was see okay. Okay, I'm you know what, Kevin? I'm glad you mentioned this. I would not if if this was pre two thousand five, if this was pre Katrina, I would get a four delete. Um but now that everybody and their mother has a four delete tattoo, um, I probably wouldn't get one. Um I would probably okay, if we're being realistic. Who do get them? I don't have a problem with it because you know what? It's better, you know, you're obviously showing your love for New Orleans or for the Saints or whatever, so you know, I, I can be cool with that, and, and I can guarantee you that 
I would probably say about 70% of our listeners have have, have a Florida Lee tattoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> our demographics, but, Dave, is breaking it down. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and, I mean, and, we, and at least 33% of this, and at least 33% of this podcast team has a Florida Lee tattoo. 25% of the podcast is listening to the podcast and looking at streaming porn simultaneously, probably. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously, now now we know Kevin has a Florida Lee tattoo. Um <laughs> But I would, I mean, if, if you if you wanted me to realistically answer this question, it would have something to do with my son, maybe his name or something like that. If you want to give, if, if you want me to give you a joke answer, um, I I would get um, Alvin from P and on. I would no, I, I would get a mustache tattooed on the edge of my forefinger, little tiny mustache, and then I can just whenever somebody took a picture of me, I just put my forefinger up to my my <laughs> mouth, and it looks like I have a little mustache. All right, that's a good answer. I like that. Yeah, so let's. T- I want to hear about Kevin's Florida Lee tattoo. Where, where is it located? Please say the small of your back. I got it. Please say the small of your back. No, it is not on the small of my back. I got it. <laughs> I, I, in, in hindsight, I, I, I probably might have. I should have done the back again because I chose uh, my uh, left uh, pack. And let me just say oh, that okay. that there are, that there is a lot of nerve. Uh, a lot of nerve endings uh, <laughs> in the chest region, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a quite the burning sensation when when that's and you, initially being and, and you and you got it. Um, let me guess, you got that tattoo either after Katrina or you got it after you moved to St. Louis and you left your work. Yeah, I, I got it this week. <laughs> <laughs> I got it this week. I've been, I've been actually, I've been planning, I've been planning to get one. I've been talking about getting one for a long time, and uh, oh god, I'm dying. It is. I love, I love this segment. It's my favorite. So okay, segment. now, now, what kind, and what kind of is it like the official Saint Florida or is it like just the more artsy yeah. Florida Okay. No, no, it's 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 the Saint Florida Nice. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I, I just, I, I said, I said I wasn't gonna go artsy. I wanted to go just Saints logo and just you know go with that. That's the only that's the only logo that I would uh, that I would put on me. And and one last thing while we're talking about Kevin, since we're gonna make this the Kevin show. I saw on Facebook <laughs> that Kevin Kevin met Rudy Rudiger uh, from the Rudy, the actual Rudy. And Kevin's not a very big guy at all, and he, he was even taller than Rudy. So I, I mean. The dude was, he was a small dude. He must have been really Kevin, small. Kevin, did he try to get you to invest in a pyramid scheme? <laughs> no, 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 he, he was, he was there, uh, hawking his, uh, his book. All right, are you ready? Uh, Kevin, are you ready for our last question for game time? Yes, yes, I'm ready for our last question. <laughs> what will be, what would be more painful, sticking your hand in a pot of boiling water or watching the Saints O line try to block Clay Matthews. Oh, Christ. Uh, all right. Uh, so, all right. So, with the with the boiling water, mm-hmm. uh, is there like, is, am I? How close am I to a hospital or a burn unit? Well, you were saying like fifteen minutes of a hospital. And your wife okay, is like, I'm ready to take you at a moment's notice. Okay, so the wife is there to, to watch. And how long am I holding my hand in the boiling water? 
you're holding your hand in the boiling water um minute and a half. Minute and a half? Okay, 90 seconds of boiling. Um, and there's no telling how often Clay Matthews is going to break free. It's just hoping that he doesn't go after Zach Streif. Well, if it's any, if the if the if the last five minutes of the Chiefs game is any indication, we should light a candle for Drew Brees. Right. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can you can just a minute because boiling water that'll that'll fuck up your hand. I'll say like thirty to I'll say forty five seconds. Uh, is this my left hand or my right hand? Your left hand. Left hand. Okay. What would be more pain? Uh, and and we're, we're not asking what would I rather do. This is what do I think would be more painful. Yeah. I want to say that the boiling water would probably be more painful because the watching I watching Drew Brees run for his life. <laughs> isn't necessarily painful so much as it's giving me, you know, like uh, heartburn and and serious acid reflux. And it's not necessarily painful as dunking my hand in boiling water. So I I would go with the, uh, with the boiling water. Yeah. I think I might go with the, I think I might go with the boiling water too, but, but, Seeing Drew Brees get the the shit kicked out of him would be could be really painful and really traumatic because you you're you'd always be worried that the next hit would be the last. <laughs> Whose dog is that? Yeah, uh, that 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 would be one of my dogs. Uh, one of them? Oh, I thought you you have more than one. Oh yeah, I got two. Yeah. All right, Dave. Um, let's get to this game. Uh, I predicted it forty-eight to seventeen in my column. Uh, I think this, Jesus <laughs> this is what by the Packers. Yeah, this is what rock bottom feels like. And I I saw something on Sports Nation where they had an Arkansas fan say, "False hope is worse than death." So I don't want to peddle <laughs> false hope to Saints fans. I think this this moment Sunday is going to be the rock fucking bottom of this whole 2012 season. Um, well, you were right last week. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll be wrong, but this, that's what I feel. I, just, I feel like 0-4, and, and the, sun, the, the sun will part, the clouds will part next week, and it'll be fun on Sunday night. He'll hopefully break the record, and we'll get a little bit of joy when they pummel the Chargers. But that's my, that's my feeling. What's your feeling on the Green Bay game? And what do the Saints, what's the one thing they got to do to either win or have a chance in the fourth quarter? Um, okay, well, first of all, it's not going to come down to the fourth quarter. Uh, let's get that out of the way right now. Um, I'm going to be the eternal optimist here, and I've been a fan of the Saints long enough to know one thing, and 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 Big yeah. Brother fans will enjoy this, but that's to expect the unexpected. So I know we've seen a, an absolutely inferior product on the field from the Saints the last three weeks, uh, but call me crazy. Um, I think they're going to pull this one out. I think they're going to win this. Um, and I just feel like the Saints always lose the games they're supposed to win, and they win the games they're supposed to lose. And this is a game they're supposed to lose. Um, so I, I think they're going to shock everybody. I think they're going to shock everybody, and they're going to beat Green Bay. And, you know, it's not going to be a blowout, but it's going to be in, in pretty handy fashion. I mean, it's not going to be a one-score game, I'll say that. 
And uh, what needs to happen, I, I think two things need to happen. I think the offensive line, as we just discussed, they really need to get their ass in check. They need to know, realize what they're being paid for, uh, and they need to do a better job of blocking. And, um, and the other thing, I think, is um, on defense, I think they need to keep up a little bit of what they started last week, and that's turnovers, um, catching interceptions, picking up fumbles, taking advantage of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you're going to have a real hard time beating a talented team like the Green Bay Packers if you're going to lose the turnover battle. And especially, we all know that Green Bay is coming off of their should have been win um, following the touchdown. Uh, so they're going to be pissed off, and they're going to be back home. So, but again, yeah, I think the Saints are winning this one. Uh. Does that win by the Saints, does it involve an interception by a safety for the first time since 2010? Um, is that really true, since 2010? Yeah. Um, yeah, it may. I mean, it's going to need, <laughs> you know, for, for the Saints to pull out, to win a game they're supposed to lose, you're, you, they're going to need some good play from normally not good players. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's got to all work like that. You know, the, every table needs to be turned upside down. Yeah. Kevin, uh, what do you think the game score is going to be, and what's the one thing that the the Saints have to do to be in the game in the fourth quarter? Uh, they got to get after. Uh, they got to get after old discount double check. I mean, the running game. Look, the the, the Packers' running game. I, fuck, I don't even know who their running back is anymore. I mean, they traded, they let go of Ryan Grant or traded him, and uh, I, I... Well, it's got to be set, I, old I, man Benson, right? Oh, wait, oh, fuck, yeah, you're right, it is said Benson. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't see how they should worry about him as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. I, I just think go after discount, double check, and Keep him from uh, from slinging the ball, and if you get pressure on him early, it'll should should pay dividends or keep you in the game and keep it interesting. Uh, I I think the Saints going to halftime with it close, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think you know late late third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, the Packers pull ahead or the Saints do some stupid shit, kind of wear out, and that's where it turns around and. Packers end up winning by, you know, like 14 or 17 points. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31, actually, no, no, I'm going to go 34-17 Packers. Yeah, the one thing I will say about this game is everybody sort of gets the sense that it's going to be a Packers sort of one of those get-right games. And I'm sure their crowd will be really fired up over what happened Monday night, Dave. But, you know, their, their offense has really been sort of, struggling almost worse than the Saints. And I know they've played good teams, but, I mean, I feel like if the Saints can get a little pass rush early, Dave, and get a couple sacks, I think the Green Bay crowd might sort of go, fuck, if we can't block the Saints. And they'll get a little squeamish, you know, like Saints fans do when we see them when they play the Rams or the Browns. And you're like, oh, my God, I thought they were supposed to roll in this game. So how important... How important, Dave, is it early, not necessarily that the Saints' offense get off, but that the defense do something positive to sort of get the Green Bay crowd kind of antsy and sort of say, hey, maybe our offense really isn't going to ever get going? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's important. I mean, look, we all agree that the Saints offense really isn't playing like we've seen in years past, but especially not last year where they were world beaters. Uh, and like you said, the Green Bay's offense hasn't been uh, what it's once been. I, I think the Saints and the Packers are, are both having surprising seasons. But the reason the Packers are, are much better off than the Saints right now and have a better record than the Saints um, is because of their defense. They've at least got a, a good defense. Um, they've got the best NFC defense, I think, and the third best in the league overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if the offense isn't getting it done, uh, their defense is taking care of business on the other end and giving the offense a chance. And and the Saints don't have that luxury. Um, they're getting beat on both sides of the ball. So, like you said, um, is it going to be important for them to get after Aaron Rodgers? Uh, absolutely. It's going to be hugely important if the Saints offense is going to continue to uh, underperform. I would say underperform because I think they can play better. And at the very least, they're going to need they're going to need their defense to step up, and unfortunately, they haven't had that yet. Um, so it's going to be absolutely crucial. And and to be honest with you, I just you know I hope that it comes. And like I, in my prediction, I said that I think that the Saints are going to pull this out of their ass. So it's going to have to, it's going to have to surprisingly it's going to have to come from somewhere. So well, Dave, if they pull it, if if the Saints pull it out of their ass, uh, you can uh, have the floor to start the postgame show and just uh, rail and make fun of Kevin and, of course, really make fun of me. Um, before we let you go, we we did joke about the uh, at the open about the, the new Canal Street Chronicles layout, and it's it's – it's a little bit different, but I think it's gonna it's, it's gonna grow on me. I like it. It, it. it is easier to navigate. What is the reaction of people um, with the lake? Because it is just dramatically different than what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Thanks for giving me a chance to talk about this. I didn't. I didn't ask you to talk about mm-hmm. this, but, but I definitely want to talk about it. Um, there may be some readers of Canal Street Chronicles who remember the original original Canal Street Chronicles, and when when we had switched from the very first layout of Canal Street Chronicles to the one that most people know, which was the last version that we just switched out of. Um, that was a dramatic change, too. Um, we ha- they, Originally, we had these things called diaries, and that was the precursor to fan posts. So what you know as fan posts, you know, even though that's what you know and love, that was not always there. Um, that, those were called diaries. Fan chats did not exist. They, 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 SB Nation, the creators at SB Nation came up with this idea of fan shot and this technology for the fan shot. Um, the automatic auto updating commenting, that was new. Um, that's something that you that we've started seeing elsewhere. I mean, let me say something. The, the SB Nation guys, um, they create stuff that, that's not seen anywhere else. I mean, you look at NOLA.com and what NOLA.com looks like today with the, all the different posts and the comments and the, and the cheer section, which is, which is what akin to our recs, our recommends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you pay attention, I think you've noticed that SB Nation kind of started this whole format, and I think people like NOLA.com sort of copied off of that. Yeah. Um, SB Nation has kind of been trailblazers here. Um, so the reaction from folks so far, is, it's been more positive than I thought, to be honest with you, because I know people, and I know they don't like change. Uh, you know, I know when, when, when Facebook makes the slightest change, everybody's up in arms, including myself sometimes. Um, but you know what winds up happening? You forget about it, you move on, you get used to it, you learn it, uh, and you love it. And you can, you, then you look back and you say, how the hell did we, you know, how the hell did we do this? Or how did we have this whole layout? Like, that was so primitive. Um, I, I personally have 
I, I was awkward at the beginning too. I mean, it was, it's just, it's kind of weird because you come to this website so, so often and so many times and you know it like the back of your hand, you know exactly where to go, where to look. Um, you, you, you expect certain things and all of a sudden everything gets changed and, uh, even for me, it's like, okay, where's this? Where's this yeah. button? Or where's this, where's this function? It used to be over here, but now it's not over there. Where the hell is it? Um, and it feels weird that you kind of feel like you're out of your own skin. Um, and I felt the same way, but I've been messing around with it, especially on the back end. And, um, I actually have gotten used to it and I really love it. And, and let me tell you about what I think is, I know I'm rambling here, but I'm going to keep <laughs> going. Uh, let me tell you about what I think is, is much better about this. I mean, first of all, the, 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 what we call the cover, which is that big graphic in the middle where I can alternate stories and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just badass looking personally, I think. Um, but it's going to allow more stories to stay in front of your eyes because I'm able to put three or four stories right there on that cover. Yeah. And you don't, you're not even scrolling down yet. So there's five yeah. stories right there right in front of your face. So it's going to allow these stories to stay in front of people longer. It's going to allow the comments, I think, to develop more. Um, you know, if, if a story, even if the story is four days old, I can still leave it up there right on the main thing if the conversation's yeah. heated, going on. Uh, so that's one thing. And then because of that, I think it's a lot easier. I think there's more stuff. Even as you scroll down, there's way more stuff. So I think, I think things are going to stay in front of your eyes a little bit more, which I like. Um, we haven't used it yet, but we're going to start using the story stream function, which we're going to do on game days. And all of the game stuff will be just in one area, which is great. We have these things called hubs, which I've got going on on, on the chronic right now. Um, just below that cover, you can see a little box, and it's in its in its in its Saints vs. Packers coverage, and it's um, it keeps everything, all the stories that we write about the game coming up on Sunday, it keeps it all right there, um, which I I also like. I mean, it's it's I I know that some people are a little concerned about like the white space or whatever, or or the coloring of the font and all that kind of stuff, but um, even some kinks, um, you know, all the kinks will be worked out. Um, I definitely think it loads faster. I think it is operating faster. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of other blogs had had some concerns about the coloring on their websites, and I think something is going to be done about that. So for those of you that are concerned about that, have no fear. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody's going to get used to it, and we're all going to love it. Yeah, I, 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 it, it just, it just, you know, it's just like anything. It's new. You're like, God damn it! It's, it, I wanted it. I know where to go, and I know how to, you know, and it's, it's just you. We like the web. You like routine, but um, I did. I didn't even notice the, the thing about the uh, when you scroll down and, and all the Saints vs. Packers. It can all stay on that cool little you know pile up of right. Ingram Ingram getting stuff last year, and it's four stories, and they'll just add to it. So that's really cool. So, um, and then I could put like a little breaking news, which I did yesterday, just to joke around. I have a little breaking news thing, and I you know I just put the Atlanta Falcons suck. I mean, I can just. I can put any sort of breaking news right there on the top as soon as it happens. So it's going to allow me or or Sash or or Hans to uh, get um, get information out there even quicker. Well, the one thing is it could be dangerous with the breaking news, Dave. Is is, is you could come up with something a, a fantastic satire piece, and you right. could, and you could go at as breaking news, and you could cause um, an international. Oh yeah. And you could cause an international incident. So I'm sure you're excited about that. <laughs> So, uh, I guess that's it, gentlemen. Hopefully, when we talk Sunday, this fucking winless nightmare can be over. Um, but uh, until then, be safe for tattooed Kevin Held and for our fearless leader with his new redesigned website, Dave Cariello. I'm Ralph Walbro. Uh, be safe and talk to you Sunday. Peace.